Hi, this is Andrea Harkins. Welcome to the Martial Arts Women Podcast. This podcast is devoted to martial art women who make a difference. Martial artists know how to fight when they need to fight back or how to face battles with a martial art mindset and spirit. Today's guest, Emily Darledge, faces devastating medical news, but she focuses on purpose and lifestyle changes as she prepares to battle the biggest fight she's ever faced, a diagnosis of ALS. This podcast is one you don't want to miss. It's so inspiring, and it really reflects a true martial art spirit, a true martial art warrior, and a woman who's not prepared to give up anytime soon. Thank you, Emily, for being on the show, and guests, please enjoy her story and let it inspire you in your obstacles and your devastating news that you'll receive at some point in your life. Allow Emily to be that reminder that you can push through. Don't forget to check out my inspirational and how-to books, The Martial Arts Woman, Martial Art Inspirations for Everyone, and How to Start Your Own Martial Art Program, all available on Amazon. I hope these books inspire and encourage you to be the person that you want to be. Hi, Emily. Welcome to the Martial Arts Woman podcast again. (laughs) Good morning. Thank you very much. It's a true honor. I'm so happy to have you. And, you know, we keep in touch on Facebook. So we have that relationship, which is nice to have. And yeah, and you always have a lot to share um, and a lot of insights and positivity. So today you were on one show, um, the Fab Four show. And, um, you know, it was kind of a brief um, introduction of, of various women but this one's all about you, so I'm excited to do this. Thank you. I'm excited as well. well. I know a lot's changed since then and in a surprising and difficult way for you, but we're going to get to that in a couple of minutes. Let's first focus on your martial art experience and uh, your school and dojo and how long you've been practicing martial arts. Do you want to tell me a little bit about that? Sure. Yes. Thank you. Um, I've been practicing for about 16 years now. Um, I started in uh, Chendo Kwan Taekwondo. Um, Master Donald Gambrell was my instructor. Um, worked with a, a fabulous group of people. As you know, if you're in the right school, it's a family, and we truly were a fam- family. Um, we learned Taekwondo as our main practice, but we learned bits and pieces of other styles that he ranked in for self-defense. So I was truly blessed to really get a wide array of experience just at the one school. Um, And then about four years ago, I had some friends ask if I would teach their son. He was four years old and Master Gamble didn't take anyone under five, but they really wanted him to take that to help him deal with their divorce and Um, just lifestyle changes. So I agreed and my teaching just kind of took off from there. So I've had my own school for about four years because also around uh, a year into that is when COVID hit. 
Master Gamble decided to retire at that time. So I inherited some students of his um, and then took on some other students of my own. So I have about nine students full time. Mm-hmm. And um, luckily, some of them are upper belt that I inherited, so uh, they assist with teaching. But um, in addition to that, about two years ago, I started training in Hawaiian Lua through Kumu Michelle Manu. Mm-hmm. Uh, such a true honor to be able to train under her. Um, just I, I can't say enough wonderful things about her. She's, as you know, I think there's just a sisterhood between several of us women martial artists and truly blessed to be welcomed by all of you into that, including her. And she has just really been a shining light for me. She's a wonderful person. Um, and I've met her in person before and we do have, you know, we do keep in, in touch. She actually suggested that I have you on the show uh, as well as a few other women that she's familiar with. So She's uh, integral in you being here today. What's the name of your school? Shining Spirit Warrior Martial Arts and Self-Defense. So quite a mouthful. Yeah. <laughs> and I how do you do? I would shorten that, but you know, you live and learn. <laughs> well, that's okay. I think that's a nice name. How did you choose that? Um, I really, I wanted to kind of have the Holy Spirit involved in it. Um, My emblem, actually, the coloring in the background and the dove that's in it came from a flag on a boat that my family and I went parasailing on. Um, So I think that's kind of interesting how that came about. And a friend of mine at work designed the rest of the emblem for me. Um, That I just, I don't know, it just kind of came to me that that's what it should be called. So Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the best way to name something when you... When you hear that name, you know it's the right name. Yes. In your personal practice and in your teaching, have you cultivated what I call a martial art mindset? And what does that mean to you to have a martial art mindset? I hope that I have. I strive to. Um, I think it's been quite a journey for myself to develop that mindset and then to try to help others develop it. Um, Mm -hmm. Growing up, we all have family members that are fabulous and some that aren't, and I love my family dearly, but someone that was integral in my um, upbringing was very much a narcissist and kind of a poor me, and I really had that mindset. Um, My husband was really good for helping me change that, but martial arts really helped me turn that around, Um, which partly just because martial arts is that way that that you learn to be humble you learn to think of others you learn honor respect and you learn to be tough all of those things but then i think being a woman in martial arts it's even more so that way um you know we try to train with mostly men unfortunately or fortunately depending on how you look at it Um, for me i was blessed to train with a bunch of very wonderful men that were respectful um there was one that maybe wasn't so respectful, but it forced me to to realize that I wasn't as tough as I could be and that playing poor me wasn't really a great way to live. Um, it didn't set a good example for others, especially my children. Um, so I think martial arts really helped me develop that martial arts mindset that you're referring to. Um, and I really try to do that with my students as well. Um, 
one thing that I can remember Master Miller and Master Gambrel both saying to me, if I would say, oh, I can't, if I tried to do something, they would immediately stop me and make me correct myself to, I can't yet. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Something that I teach my students, I can't yet. You can, you can always overcome and learn to do it, even if you have to learn to do it differently than others. There's always a way. Um, yeah, I really like that. Um, I've not really heard it phrased that way before, because a lot of times people say, no, just change that to say, I can. And right. of course you can, but you know in that moment that you really can't. And so you're trying to figure out, how do I say this correctly? I I know I can eventually, but right now I can't. So exactly, yeah. That's a great way, yeah. great phrase. So I can't yet became what I would say in those moments. And then it would would change to, I can't yet, can you help me figure it out? Can mm-hmm. you help me see what would work for me? Um, and again, I was so blessed to work with such great leaders that um, even though there's a set way to do things, they weren't against modifying, you know, for, for injuries or for stature or whatever the case may be. We all have to adapt things to ourselves. And that's something Kumu Michelle is, is great about, too. She always says, make it your own. Um, and I think that's so true with anything in life. Um, and, and I try to demonstrate that for my kids as well, that, you know, if they'll say, I can't, I'll change their them to saying, I can't yet. Um, and, and they've really overcome some obstacles, as all kids have to, you know, mm-hmm. um, peer pressure and bullying and and all of these things that that they go through, and I think more so than when we were young. Um, but but I think that mindset that we've tried to uh, learn ourselves and then teach our children really is important, and I, I think more people need to focus on that. Um, anything in life, you know, whether it's a career change, whether it's moving houses. I know you've told your story about living off grid for a while mm-hmm. which props to you. I think that's fantastic. I, I think that would be a goal of mine if I ever recover yeah, uh, yeah. To, to try something different like that. Um, but, but really, you know, when we say we can't, it's just because we think we can't. But yeah. Find, yeah. Find we tend to, to limit it. ourselves. We, yeah. I, I do it all the time. I mean, I think everybody does that we limit what we think we can do. Yes. And that's why I can't yet is a great phrase. Um, But yeah, the limitations are often self-imposed. Not always. I mean, of course. And we're going to talk about some of your physical um, issues coming up, which are definitely limitations, but doesn't mean you can't do what you want to do. But we'll we'll chat about that. So I think what you're saying is everyone is capable of cultivating a martial art mindset. I think the first step, of course, is to learn a martial art in a great environment, like you mentioned. And if you have that, then you can really hone that mindset. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's, as you mentioned, in the right environment. Um, I also started some Brazilian jiu-jitsu training, unfortunately, due to the distance of the school and Fortunately or unfortunately, because of my own teaching schedule, I wasn't able to really attend much. Mm -hmm. But again, I walked in and it was a family environment. Um, But I have been to a couple of schools, you know, to visit that you just know it's not the right place for you. Um, Yeah. 
and I think as advice for people wanting to try a martial art, if you walk in and you're not welcomed by people or people, you know, if, if the majority of the class is busy trying to prove to you how tough they are, rather than trying to help you feel comfortable and fit in and be a part of it, it's not the right school. But if you walk in and you feel like an idiot because you don't know what you're doing, but they tell you, hey, we've all been there or, or show you that it's okay, that's the right place. They care. They want to help you. Right. That's always a good way to look at things as well as what are they offering you? What are you going to get from this? What do you need from this? Is it self-defense? Is it exercise? Is it just learning something different. We all have different goals. Absolutely. And so to make yeah. sure those personal goals are met in, the, in that environment as well. Yes, absolutely. And that's true because I have um, a fairly new student that came with some others and she had done Taekwondo for three years at an organization and she had never even seen a sidekick. Oh my I was, goodness. I was flabbergasted. I, I just, I, I'm like, okay, I know there's different styles of Taekwondo and different styles of martial arts, but how have you never seen a sidekick if you've been doing this three years? Yeah, that, that's interesting. huh? So again, are you getting value for what you're putting your time and mm -hmm. money into? Like you said, whether it's for physical fitness, for self-defense, for self-confidence, um, for you know, just exercise for a way to have a stress outlet, whatever it is, make sure you're getting it. Yeah. And I think a lot of martial arts offer all of that, but it's a matter yeah. of what style and there's, yes. there's options, I guess I, I would agree. say. And, yes. And, and they should all offer it. Um, yeah. They really should. And they, if they're done correctly, they do. All of them do. Yeah. Well, I'm glad uh, I'm glad that you have a school yourself where you can teach what you want to teach to to others. It's really important to be an instructor, and I'm very excited to see more women being instructors and school owners. It's a, kind of a push that I've been working on just to help women in martial arts be leaders because we're still a little bit behind the behind the game, I guess you would say, as far as leadership. And so it's great that you're a role model for that. Thank you. Yes. I, and I think we're blessed that we do have some great role models. I mean, I think of like Malia DeCastro. Mm -hmm. Holy cow. I mean, she was the pioneer for all of us. What a wonderful woman. Um, and so humble and kind. Yes. Very, very but, wonderful, beautiful person. Yes. And, so, and then, of course, yourself and Rosita and Jane. I'm just such a, a wonderful group of ladies that... I strive to be as inspiring as all of you, um, but I agree we need more women to do this, and I hope that we can all work together to achieve that. Yeah. Well, I mentioned earlier that I had you on the show previously, but a lot has changed since that initial uh, podcast that we did together, and you've been having some physical issues that I were unexpected as far as I understand. How did, what were your initial, I guess, you know, what happened initially that made you think something was not quite right? Um, how were you feeling or what was happening to your body at that time? 
Yeah. Um, initially, I was having a lot of like muscle spasm, Charlie horse type cramps, um, and some tremors in my legs. Um, I, I really just thought that I was overdoing it teaching, not stretching enough, not drinking enough water, um, you know, getting dehydrated, and that maybe there was some anxiety involved due to, due to some other family circumstances, um, you know, ailing mother, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, so I really thought it was that, and I just kept pushing through. Um, and was still functioning fairly well. I just would have to stop and stretch during class more often and, and would get cramps doing silly things like just bending over to pick up a pencil I dropped or something like that, that I would get a muscle spasm. Mm -hmm. um, but it started to get more frequent. So I started going to the doctor, um, thought maybe my magnesium was too low. We started upping my magnesium intake, drinking more water, stretching more. Uh, doing all of these things to try to help it, um, mm -hmm. it really didn't help, and it started slowly progressing. Um, now, you had an injury in September that you initially thought maybe was leading to these physical ailments, and you also initially thought it was maybe a genetic disorder. What, what are those um, experiences? Yes, yes. So... And cleaning up my, my dojang is actually in my garage at home and my children use it to lift weights and, you know, we, we use it for different things. So I was moving weights out of the way that one of them had left out before class and dropped a 25 pound weight on my bare foot. So that felt a little rough. Yeah, that's pretty bad. <laughs> uh -huh. um, but I still functioned okay with it. It swelled up a little bit over the course of a couple of weeks. It got worse and I ended up in a boot. Um, of course, anyone that's ever had a boot on knows that you walk off kilter in a boot. Um, so when I was able to not be in that anymore, my walking was still odd. Um, and I started getting scissor gait where my feet would kind of cross over and into each other. Um, I started thinking I had some sciatic issues because I had some sciatic type pain. Um, and every now and then that leg, it was my left side would give out. So, um, occasionally like once every couple months I would fall, um, by December, I remember going to my sister's house, um, for her annual Christmas party and helping clean and things like that. And, um, I fell three times that weekend mm, and it was okay. just random. Like once my leg gave out, um, I developed drop foot. So one of uh, the other two falls were I was starting to walk. Of course, your upper body's already going. Your legs are lifting, but your foot doesn't come off the floor. So it catches. Oh, and okay. so I face planted twice. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> luckily, in martial arts, we kind of learn how to fall. I couldn't control yeah. completely, but I didn't hit my head. So um, I say face planted loosely. Like I went face forward, but was able to not actually hit my head or face, but, right, right. um, but it was so quick that I couldn't really do like the drop and roll type of thing that you learn in jujitsu or different arts like that. Um, so it was just, it was really embarrassing and frustrating. You know, I'm the one that teaches people how to stand to keep their balance and yeah, you know, I just I couldn't figure it out. Um, yeah. Well, first of all, I understand about the boot. I, I broke my foot not long ago and just came out of a boot. Um, 
and so your your walking is kind of off kilter. I tried to wear a shoe on the other foot that had like a higher, like a wedge, a straight wedge type heel that would lift up that leg a little bit. So I can see how you, you know, you felt off kilter yes. after that experience. Um, but then things started getting worse for you. What is the genetic disorder that you thought that you had? Yeah, so I actually, I've been going to a chiropractor, an acupuncturist, um, different doctors, and finally my chiropractor agreed I needed a neurologist. Um, they started thinking I could have too much B6 in my diet because I was drinking some herbal supplement teas, plus taking supplements, trying to fix this, but they were thinking it was making it worse. Um, after seeing several neurologists in Indiana, I ended up at Cleveland Clinic, and they initially thought I had hereditary spastic paraplegia, which it is a hereditary gene, um, or it could even be that your genes mutated when your parents had you, so you could be the first one in the family. Um, but basically, it can cause paralysis of either upper or lower body or both. And at that time, I had no upper body symptoms, so they thought it would just remain in my legs. Um, and they were sure that's what it was, despite not having done the testing yet. Um, we did do the genetic testing, and it came back that it was not that. So that was... Okay. It was upsetting to think it was that, but it was more upsetting when I found out I still didn't have an answer. <laughs> right. So what were the next steps that you took? And I know you did finally receive a diagnosis. Yeah, so um, I ended up seeing a, a neuromuscular specialist at the Cleveland Clinic. Um, and they came back and said that I have ALS, which is Lou Gehrig's disease. Um, so that was pretty shocking and disturbing. Mm -hmm. um, with ALS, there is no cure. And there really aren't very good treatments approved so far in the U.S. to help slow it. Um, the end of this month, they will be voting, the FDA will be voting on another drug that in some countries they're saying it does slow it down. Mm -hmm. So okay. um, they did put me on one that supposedly might slow it down and might add three months to your life, might. Um, okay. But I had some rough side effects and decided for three months it wasn't worth it. Yeah. So, um, well, I'm sure this is a very difficult time. I know we've we've chatted about it a little bit online, and yeah. you know, I just I know your warrior spirit is so strong um, that that's so important during this time. Um, where are you today in your progression of this disease? I am currently walking with the walker for short distances. Um, I use a wheelchair now for longer distances. Um, I, I tell you, it's just been interesting because I just started recently developing some minor symptoms in my upper body. Um, but I, I don't know. I just feel like God's not done with me yet. I'm still using mm -hmm. using this to try to teach when I can. With a multiple appointments, I haven't been able to teach as much. But um, I, I have Elijah Demers as um, one of my upper belt students and my assistant instructor. And 
God has truly blessed me with him because um, even when I do have classes, he does most of the actual teaching. Like I'll kind of line out what we want to go over, but he has to demonstrate um, yeah. because I can't. Um, but, uh, you know, the progression in some eyes is slow. In my eyes, it feels fast. But um, I think there's still a lot left for me to do. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and I love that you have this partnership with the instructor yeah. where you're using your skills and talents as they're meant to be used to be able to teach others martial arts and whether he does the, you know, physical teaching or not, you are the, the catalyst for that. And you are the one that is uh, training people to be better people through martial arts. I, I How are <laughs> and I think that's part of the martial arts mindset, you know, yeah. a, a part of me wanted to kind of give up, um, when I got the diagnosis, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I'm human. I've cried. I've screamed. I, I, I can't say I've handled it perfectly with grace, but in the same token, I know this is what I'm meant to do. Um, and I kind of knew that anyway, but, um, one of my friends and, parents of students um, is a pastor and so he invited me and my husband to come well my whole family but my boys were busy but we came to church and he had a group gather around and pray with us mm -hmm. and in the middle of the prayers they each took turns praying with us and in the middle of the prayers I started hearing voices of people that hadn't been in the room earlier some of my students showed up to surprise me and pray with me oh that's beautiful yeah, I, I knew right then and there that, that Jesus was calling me to keep going. Absolutely. It is, you know, I don't talk about religion a lot on, on the show because it's mostly about martial arts. But right, right. when I was pregnant with my, my third child, Shane, um, and I've told the story, it's also in my book, I went into premature labor and I was like five months pregnant. And they told me I was going to lose the baby. And I was so devastated. I had had miscarriages before. And this one looked like it was going to go. You know, I, I felt good about it. Um, and so I went in the hospital. And everybody, you know, they did the medical thing. You know, um, look, it looks like, you know, it's not working. We're going to do some ultrasounds. We're going to, you know, give you some medicine to try to slow the progression of the labor. And it was just, you know, just felt like it was going to end. And they're like, you know, just we're just going to take it day by day. Um, if the baby's born today, you know, he might be blind or he might not be able to hear or his lungs might not work or whatever. It was just this daily barrage of, oh of what horrible thing might happen that day. Mm -hmm. And I just, you know, I had to use two things. I had to use faith and I had to use my martial art mindset. Yes. And I felt this baby moving, you know, inside of me. I was like, I just can't believe that this child is going to be born and not be not live. I just can't right. believe that. Um, and at one point, a nurse and some other people were in the room and one of them asked if they could, you know, pray with me, pray for me. I think it was in the operating room before procedure I was having. Um, and I said, yes, you know, yes. And so mm -hmm. we prayed together. Um, and I truly feel like this child was a miracle because he survived. Absolutely. I carried him full term. And oh, I, don't, wow. I don't think that would have happened 
if we did not have that faith moment. Um, so the power of prayer for those who believe in that is so amazingly powerful that anything can happen. Absolutely. So, and, and actually, I'm going to share a little more that I wasn't sure I was going to share yet. But okay. um, I have a cousin that is a naturopathic doctor, and she has a clinic that she's partnered with an integrative doctor. So he is an MD. And they are quite certain that I have Lyme and Bartonella infection rather than ALS. Okay. Um, we're waiting on blood work back on that. But um, I spent four hours at the ALS clinic at IU this week, and they were very nice people. But obviously, it wasn't very helpful. I can't say mm -hmm. it wasn't helpful at all. But there's no cure. There's no good treatments. There's not much they can say. <laughs> right. Um, I went to this clinic with my cousin and her partner and spent four hours there. And they had a lot of guidance on how to try to at least stop what they right. think is the disease okay. um, and, and reasons why they think it's that. And, and I can't say, I think because I've gotten my hopes up over other things over the last year thinking it was the B6 and it was hereditary spastic paraplegia and it was this and it was that. And then it always comes back to ALS. I hate to get my hopes up. Yeah. Um, but yet, I, I feel like at least there's a treatment plan with this, and I'm going to go for it. And I, I mm -hmm. just, this came about after the group prayed with me. And I just yeah. feel like maybe God's got a miracle for me. Mm -hmm. And we had a friend that almost died from Lyme disease years ago, um, who unfortunately years later did pass away from cancer. But I, I told my husband, I said, Eric would just act absolutely flip over if he knew I was begging God to let me have Lyme disease. Right. But um, they say they can't necessarily get back any of my functions, but if it is that, they could stop the spread of it. Mm -hmm. So, um, Well, you know, it, the thing is, and I would never tell people, don't listen to your doctor. I right. listened to my doctor and I did everything he told me, everything, right. which meant before we knew that this pregnancy would be viable, I was in the hospital for six weeks, wow. flat on my back, got up to take a shower and pee or whatever, and that was it. <laughs> and the rest of the time, I was flat on my back, sometimes inverted, where my feet were up higher. Uh -huh. um, I ate laying down. My mother would come and feed me soup. I would not move. I would wow. not do anything that would cause the baby to you know, move down, you know, right. meaning standing up or anything. I did everything the doctors said. Um, so I'm not, I would never say don't listen to your doctor. Um, but I would also say that they are human and they yes. don't know everything. Uh, so, you know, right. they could tell me that I'm going to lose this baby, but I know in my heart, I'm not. So I'm right. going with what I think. Right. And, right. And that's, that's and what you have that's to it. do. I'm, I want to get my hopes up and then I'm scared too, but yet I just know in my heart, I'm not done yet. Whether it is ALS or whether it is Lyme and Bartonella, I'm not done yet. God has a plan to use me. Um, yeah. And actually, just before my diagnosis, uh, there was one class that Elijah couldn't make it to, and it, it was the children's class. Um, and they've been training for two years. So I, I normally don't do um, knife defense, gun defense with the small children. But um, I thought, you know, why not? They've been training for two years. And I was sitting in a wheelchair so that I could move around easily. Um, and 
little eight-year-old Micah tapped me out. <laughs> <laughs> and then so then Gage, who is my black belt, he's 14, um, but I inherited him from Master Gamble, but he's a tough cookie um, and very good martial artist. And um, so I had Micah perform the technique on Gage and he tapped him out. And I thought, yeah. okay, I may not be able to use my legs, but I can do this. Yes. uh, I'm just, I'm not done yet. There's, and, and part of it is because I love it. Part of it is because my students love it. And part of it is because I feel like God wants to use me to show the world that we can keep going no matter what. Yeah. And I think what you're describing is purpose. And when we have purpose, yes, um, not everybody feels that pull toward a purpose or they don't acknowledge it. Right. Um, But when you know, or when you feel it, that is that gives you life and that gives you the reason to continue to push through and strive it does and i hope that everyone finds that passion for whatever it may be I yeah really because yeah. it just is life changing when you have that passion and that will to do something it it just gives you a reason to smile and a reason to get up in the morning and a reason to encourage others um which i think encouraging others is good for ourselves mm-hmm. as much as it is them. Yeah. And I also truly believe that martial arts, both martial arts and faith and mindset, all, all three of those mm-hmm. help you maybe not heal, but they help you through your situations in life yes. better than someone who has a negative mindset who wants to give up. Uh, you know, they're going to fail faster. Absolutely. Um, so very important to keep as positive as possible. And also touching on, you know, when you said, when you heard the news that you cried and screamed and that's a human reaction. And, you know, I think anybody would feel that and go through that. You have to, you have to go through the moments uh, and then you have to push through after that. So, you know, as a human being, you, you're just on the path of, of being who you are so yeah I agree and I think it's not healthy to hold the emotions in we don't want to sit and cry all day and scream all day every day but you right. have to let them out and um, I think that's important which for me one of my outlets was always kicking the bag which obviously I can't do now so mm-hmm. there's been more tears <laughs> yes um, yes I found it comical when one doctor suggested it might be ALS I started crying. And one of the symptoms of ALS is um, frequent changes in emotions. He said, mm-hmm. now, do you do this often? I'm like, um, well, when someone tells me I might be dying a horrible death, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I thought that was comical. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't trying to be a smart aleck, but I thought, did you really just ask me that after telling me you think I might be dying from ALS? I mean, yeah, that's the clinical, you know, that's the thing with doctors (laughs) is they have to remove themselves emotionally. Yes. And I get it because they would be crying all day long. Right. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes it's just like, think about what you're saying, you know, before you say it. And and I kind of laughed through the tears when I said that to him because he was a very nice man. Yeah. Um, and then he kind of chuckled. He said, I'm sorry, that was really a stupid question. Yeah. I said, well, I'm sure it's part of your protocol. I'm sure you didn't yeah. just come up with that. But and I said, but I am an emotional person. I always have been. So, no, that's not really different other than, 
you know, I might not cry in front of the doctor until they tell me something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I think you're doing so great. Um, And you have my full support and my prayers as well. What message do you think you'd like to share with others because of your experiences and your situation? Um, boy, a lot. First of all, surround yourself with people that love you and don't just say they love you. I'm so blessed to have, um, my husband and children and sisters and friends that, that just have been amazing. Um, in fact, my cousins had shirts made that say in this family, no one fights alone. And then they put on the back, Emily's warriors. That's sweet. That's beautiful. Yeah. I posted Mm -hmm. a picture of that to brag about how awesome my family is basically. I'm pretty sure I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. And over a hundred people in my little community have ordered shirts. They're like, we want shirts. I'm like, well, it wasn't really a fundraiser, but, um, I said, well, what we'll do if you really want them is we'll put the profits aside. And if I need them, we'll use them. But right now I'm still working. Um, And if I don't need them, eventually then we'll donate it to the ALS organization that does a lot of wonderful things for people and really helps them out. So, um, so that's what we're doing. But so surround yourself with people that love you, that mean it when they say they love you, that are really there for you um, because you never know when you're going to need them. Um, But also just know that no matter what you're going through, there's something that you can do to give back, um, to overcome or to keep going. And, and you just have to find whatever that is, um, whether it's through help from other people, whether it's just searching your soul, praying about it, but, but don't stop trying to give back. I think that gives you a purpose and a, a will to live and a will to keep going. So yeah. whatever it may be, whether it's helping with a food pantry um, taking up collections for different organizations, walking in a walk to support whatever it may be, whether it's, you know, American Heart Association, diabetes, Alzheimer's, all these wonderful walks to help support things. Do something to give back. And yeah. it's going to help you have a will to keep going. Yeah, that's great advice. Well, Emily, thank you so much for being on the show. I know it's a difficult topic, obviously, to talk about, but it's going to help somebody else who's struggling. And that's why it's so important that you share, um, especially being a woman martial artist and understanding the martial art mindset and how you can use that in your life and, and in your struggles as well. Do you have anything else you'd like to add today before we say goodbye for the show? Um, I don't know really if I have anything else other than just don't give up. Um, keep searching, take, Take your life into your own hands, um, as, as you mentioned, like listen to your doctors, but also if you feel that they're wrong, don't be afraid to go for other opinions. Don't mm-hmm. be afraid to try different things and just keep going. I know I've used a lot of acupuncture and Chinese cupping. Um, that healer that's in my life has been amazing. And um, that was things that I didn't used to be open to, but um, we share a lot of the same morals and beliefs and Um, you know, now the naturopathic doctor and integrative doctor, don't be afraid to go outside the realm of your normal because it's your life and you're in control. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. Awesome advice. Thank you so much.
Thank you. Have a great rest of your day. I'm sure we'll keep in touch on Facebook and social media. And um, I really appreciate your time today, Emily. Thank you. I appreciate you so much. You're a true blessing. Thank you. Thank you.